Thanks for listening to a YPC podcast. We believe God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we'd love to hear about it. Take a second to send your story to office at ypcprior.com and enjoy the message today. Well, good morning, Your Place Church. How's everyone doing? Good to see you guys there. Real quickly, I'm just going to address the online audience. Thank you guys for tuning in today. Sorry, the worship was a little bit dark for you. I guess we just lost power in this, in this lighting thing up here. So uh, we turned on the mercury vapor, so it's like a gymnasium here for everybody in person. But that's all right. We, you know, now that we recognize that we have an online audience, we have to figure things out pretty quick. So that's why we flipped all these on. We needed to be able to, to at least see a little bit of me. So welcome, everybody who's watching online. Glad to see you guys. Come on. Everybody just, just wave to the online audience. Good to see you guys. Glad you guys are a part of this. Welcome to Your Place Church. We do know this about our online audience right now. We have, we have so many people watching online. I, last week, I think they told me we had right at 1,100 people watch the online store. Come on, amen. The online broadcast, love that. So online campus is not going away, obviously. Uh, but what it does is it does create a opportunity for us, and it opens up another opportunity to serve. And so if you're looking for one of those behind-the-scenes things, like people are like, I don't want to be out in the foyer, you know, waving and talking to people. I don't want to be back in kids. Like, what can I do? Well, the online experience is now an option for you. We're training camera operators. We're training switchers. We're training everybody involved in that. So if you're interested in that, whether you're online or in person, you can just email us at office at yourplacechurch.com, and we'll have someone reach out to you and let you know how you can get involved in that aspect. And I know the number one question that a lot of people are asking me is like, when are we going to go back to church as usual. I mean, right now we're still enjoying leg room in our, in our auditorium here. We do have the uh, small auditorium is open. Um, uh, I believe the service is being broadcast up there as well. Uh, last, last week we had some internet issues. For those of you who are watching at home, it was not your computer. It was our internet. And so we're actually looking into different ways to uh, alleviate that situation. We are learning so much. Uh, as a result of taking everything online. But uh, in answer to the question of when do we think that we'll have all of our children's services back in place and it'll be just like normal again, the answer is I have no idea, all right? So until then, we're going to continue this format. We're just thankful people are allowed to come to church, even though we're only about 40% capacity in this room. All the chairs are out. We are still thankful, thankful, thankful that, uh, that you guys are here. Uh, I, I did hear from a lot of our church-like family, uh, and they said that it's just easier for them. This is what they said. They said it's just, even though this is kind of like our family service, and so we invite all the kids into this service, it's great. Um, they said that they would rather not come back to church. It not, has nothing to do with the pandemic. It's like until you get kids services, right? That's, that's what they said. And so I'm like, cool, that's fine. You're welcome to come. You can be a part or you can wait because that's why we have them all online. You know, we've learned a lot. We've learned a lot about ourselves during this season. We've learned a lot about human nature. And we've learned how we should be more prepared should something happen in the future. We've talked about this during this series. We learned how some of us weren't ready for this. Uh, I think we thought we were. 
I think, I think we were like, man, I'm, whatever the world throws at me, I'm ready. And then like isolation for six or seven weeks came and we're like, okay, we wasn't ready for that. Some of us, I think we're ready. Um, we learned that we need each other and we need to be a part of a church that's like a family. God was preparing us for this. Uh, we learned that fear is a real thing. And last week we said that there's actually a line between concern and all-out panic. And we learned about this. We learned about ourselves. We learned about human nature. And so this week, I want to take it a little bit different direction. We've talked about this, but I've never drove down deep into the topic. What have we learned through all of this? We've learned that we need each other. In seasons when it's tough, we need each other more than we thought. I mean, we need our friends, don't we? You know what a true friend is? One person said a true friend is a, is a person who you will never stay mad at for any length of time because you have important stuff to tell them, right? That's, that's what a true friend is. Uh, one person says, uh, you don't have to be crazy to be my friend. I'll train you, right? That's what one person said. I love what Mark Twain said. He said, the holy passion of friendship is so sweet and steady and loyal and endearing that it will last through a whole lifetime if not asked to lend you money, right? That's, that's what Mark Twain says. But it is true, we need each other more than we thought we did. And so I wanna, I wanna look at that today over the next few minutes. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Lord, we have realized several things over the last few weeks. And one of those things, Father God, is how you have, this is, this is your design. Church-like family is your design. You created the family, you created the church, and then you merged the two. We're so thankful that we're a part of a church that loves each other and that loves you. And Lord, I pray that, that you show us, that you teach us some things that we've never seen before through Scripture, God. Help us to see ourselves in your story, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. You know, I told you a few weeks ago that I have a pastor friend of mine, pastors up in South Philly, and uh, that's, uh, they, they were seeing a lot of the um, outbreaks a lot quicker than we were when the whole pandemic was going down. And um, he texted me, like week one of this deal, he texted me, and he was like, hey, bro, you okay? And I, I remember thinking to myself, like, you're closer to this than I am. You know, he, he's going into a building phase. We just finished a building phase. And so, like, he's got all of that going on. He's already homeschooling, homeschooling his kids. My kids are graduated. He texted me. And he was like, bro, you okay? I felt like going, bro, are you okay? Like, you're, like, right in the thick of everything. But what it did do for me was it actually sent me on a texting frenzy. And I text every person I knew who I thought probably didn't have anyone texting them. They were pastor friends, people who were, who were doing life that, that everybody assumes they're the one texting people, so no one's probably texting them and asking them how they're doing. And it did something to me. It really did. I, I know one of our kingdom builders during this time, and for those of you who may be new with us or watching online, uh, a kingdom builder is, is anybody who believes in the vision of your place church and who is a regular giver but believes they're called to help, who, to funnel resources into the vision of God here at your place church. 
And so they give over and above their tithe. And one person grabbed me, one of our kingdom builders, they self-identify as kingdom builders, uh, grabbed me and just, he says, hey, are you, are you doing okay? Ask me and Tyra, are, are you guys doing okay? Then he reached in his pocket and he put a wad of cash in my hand. And he's like, you just hang on to that. You may need that. And I was shocked because, A, the amount of cash he put in my hand, B, that he asked me if I was doing okay. Because, see, typically I'm the one asking everybody else, are you guys okay? Everybody comes to me if they need help. No one, and I'm not saying, like, no one's in trouble, all right? No one's in trouble. But it's rare that somebody says, hey, are you doing okay? And actually hands me money. And so I was like, yeah, th uh, thanks. I didn't, I didn't know how to respond. Um, I know a lot of people called and asked how the church was doing through all of this. And it restored my faith in humanity because a lot of people, when, when adversity strikes, we tend to draw back and protect what's ours. We don't really reach out, but not you guys. You guys reached out. You guys became a church that's like a family, and it did me so much good to see how you guys took care of each other and took care of the church and how you were actually genuinely interested. We had our elderly who were encouraged not to leave the home. We had several of you who took them meals and went grocery shopping for them. That's a big deal. What did we learn? We need each other more than we thought, friends. And you know, and I've received this, this question throughout my pastoring career. If I'm a Christian and I believe in God and that Jesus came to the earth and died on the cross for me, why do I need a community of believers? It doesn't change the fact that Jesus saved me and I'm going to heaven. That is a true statement. It does not change the fact. If the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. You'll go to heaven, right? But every time I'm asked that question, my heart sinks a little bit because people who ask this have no idea what they're missing. Are you with me, friends? Come on in person, people. Talk back to your pastor. Are you with me? Amen. The typical reasons why people don't feel like like worshiping together in person is necessary is because number one, they like to sleep in. I mean, that's valid, right? Amen. Which is also why we have three services on a weekend, right? Sundays are my only day off, which you see people that say that, they see church as more of a duty than a delight. It's something I have to do, not something I get to do. A lot of people say, well, the church is full of hypocrites. Come on, how many people have heard that before? That church, church full of hypocrites, right? I would say to that, so is your job, your gym, your social group, and for some of you, your home. Amen. I mean, come on, let's just be real. In fact, I'm convinced that the church isn't full of hypocrites. The church is actually full of the people who God created them to be. The only time they're hypocrites is when they go out into the world. We're only hypocrites when we try to conform to who the world wants us to be. When you're in this place, this is the real you, friends. This is the real you. And I know some people are like, well, I don't like the way I feel when I'm challenged to change. That's, all, that's because you have the wrong idea of change. 
To you, you think it's about rules and relationships, and you don't like to feel judged or convicted when actuality, it's all about love and encouragement and understanding the you who you were created to be. That's what change is. Well, church is boring. I've heard that one a lot. Church is, is boring. Let me look right into that camera and talk to everybody who's watching online. Give us one month. Give us 30 days to change your thoughts on church being boring. This is 60 minutes of coffee, of friends, of engaging worship, of life-altering messages. We get you in and we get you right out. And I'm telling you, you'll have a great time. Amen, your place, church. Amen. And I will, I will say this. I did see one post on Facebook where someone um, said that returning to church does come with a little bit of anxiety, and we get that. We understand that. Um, in fact, a lot of people want to be a part of a community of believers, but um, they've had a, a bad experience in the past. We'll just say it that way. And to all of those who may feel that way, you're welcome to come in. You're welcome to sit in the back. You're welcome to sit up front. We embrace and love every single person who worships with us. But we do know this. We need each other. And there's a few things that won't happen unless you're a part of a community of believers. We learned that being in community together, we're actually closer to each other and available during times of need. And we see this in Scripture in the book of Acts, chapter 12, verse 5. So Peter was kept in prison. So this is, Peter was, was caught in the public, right? He, he got caught for preaching uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. They throw him in prison, right? The Bible says, but the church was earnestly praying for God or praying to God for him. If you're not a part of a community of believers, you don't have the access to or even the ability to to get that information out there so that the church would pray for you. Now, here's the thing. What if Peter had not been a part of a community of believers? People are like, well, he was one of the apostles. Of course he was a part. Well, right. I'm convinced the reason why he was one of the apostles was because he was present and Jesus saw him. The apostles, you know, they all, they pulled him in. It was because he was a part of a community of believers that he actually became an apostle. But look, look what happens in verse 25. So Peter uh, was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, uh, and the sentries, uh, sentries uh, stood guard at the entrance, right? So here's this whole scenario. He's in prison, two chains, not just, not just handcuffed, Two chains to the wall, two guards, two guards watching the door. But the church, because we were together, the church heard about him. They wouldn't have even heard about him being in prison had he not been a part of a community of believers. But because the church is not willing that any inside their family be wrongfully accused, because they're not willing that any weapon that is formed against them to prosper, because the church knows what the Word of God says, prayed earnestly, the Bible says, day and night. In other words, it wasn't just, oh, Lord, watch over him. No, the church came together and united as a force, and they went after this, 
Well, if you keep reading the story, an angel shows up. An angel shows up. The guards were asleep. The door to the prison opens. Peter's chains fall off of him. He's like, come on, follow me. And they walk right out of the prison, walk right through town, safely delivers him in front of the place where the church was praying for them currently, right? And then he thinks he's dreaming. He thinks he's seeing a vision or something. Verse 5, um, no, verse 12. When, when this had dawned on him, in other words, he just kind of came to himself and realized, whoa, that just happened. He went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were still praying. They were still going after it for this guy's benefit. Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was overjoyed and ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter's at the door! <laughs> Right? And so, like, we're good. We, we just, we're staying in prayer. But sometimes when the prayer is answered, we're like, really? You know? But, but the point is, they were a community. They were together. They stood in line with each other. They, they prayed and watched God move. I love some of the stories that are, that are coming into YPC right now. This is one of them. I've been attending YPC for over a year now. Uh, and wow, it's been such a transforming experience. My mom and I saw YPC as we were driving home from Walmart one day, and we were actually looking for a church to join at the time, and we both agreed we should give it a shot. I've had a lot of painful things happen in my past. Now listen to her heart, okay? I've had a lot of painful things happen to me in my past, and I think that a lot of us in the room can identify We've had some painful things happen to us. She says, um, and when I say this place and God have healed me, I mean it. Amen. I mean it. I joined my first life group after returning from basic training in September, and I very quickly formed a bond with so many amazing ladies that I'm still in a life group with today. I also got baptized for the first time at 21 years old by Pastor Darian and Pastor Rich. I got to be lucky enough to join the worship team, and this has helped me become more of the person God made me to be. Do you hear her words? Amen. The person that God made me to be. I couldn't be more thankful for your place, church, and the family it gave me to love and to be thankful for. God is good, and he is in your place, church. Amen, everyone. Come on, let's celebrate that. Praise God. But that's not available if you separate yourself from a community of people who are in this with you. We need each other. See, just the regular schedule of church itself puts disciplines in our life. It really does. Even worshiping at home lends itself for you to be moved by the Holy Spirit. That is, if you're, if you're worshiping right now, not doing laundry or the dishes, right? Like you're just tuned in and you're experiencing what the Holy Spirit has for you. Just the regular discipline of worshiping God creates disciplines inside of us. It really does. 
And I'll be honest, there'll be times when I don't want to go to my life group. And, uh, and a lot of people are like, but don't you lead the life group? <laughs> yeah. I, but there are times, if I'm going to be real, that I've had a day. And I don't want to go and I don't want to get the snacks out and make sure my carpet's, you know, swept or whatever and, you know, turn the porch light on. And I know this is going to go two and a half, maybe three hours. Not all life groups are that long, but mine tend to be. Um, and I know this, but I've, I've never canceled. I take that back. I have canceled a couple of times. Number one, there was a tornado warning and we lost power at my house. I canceled that night, okay? And all the guys in my group booed on me in our group text. They were like, we ain't scared, you know? I got a candle, you know? But, but the point is, the thing that I've realized is even when I don't want to be a part, when I don't feel like it, the nights that I show up at the life groups anyway are probably the best nights in the whole semester. And I feel like there was something trying to stop me from coming to those life groups or canceling because God wanted to do something significant that night. And so just the regular discipline of of just, you know what, tonight's life group night, tonight's prayer, or this weekend's church, we're going. It does something to us. Amen, everyone? We have seen that during this time, it's, it's been absolutely critical to be, belong to a, a community of believers because we encourage each other. Acts, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 says, let us hold unswervingly, the Bible says. In other words, let's not forget, I don't think any word in Scripture is here by accident. He says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And listen, let me, let me just speak to your hearts right now. Whether you feel like your prayer has been answered fast enough or not, he who promised is faithful. God's faithful to look over his word to perform it, friends. He really is. For he who promised is faithful. Let us consider, in other words, let's think about this. Let's think about this. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love. How we should encourage each other toward love. And then it goes on to say, and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. He's, he's saying this, you know what? Like, we understand that right now we're in a season where physical distancing is real. But let's don't give up meeting together. Let's don't give up joining together online. Let's don't give up joining together in our Zoom meetings. Like, let's figure it out. Let's not get lazy is what he's saying here. He says, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And trust me, friends, it has been a habit to break. <laughs> since, since the doors have been open, like, it's just easier sometimes just to stay at home. We'll just catch the online service. And that's why it's there. That's why it's there. 
But honestly, there is something that happens when you're in this room that moves you. Let's not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the capital D, day, approaching. This is one thing that we've learned about human nature, and for some of us, we've learned about ourselves. An idle mind is the devil's playground. When we don't have people to keep our own thoughts in check. Have you ever noticed that left to yourself, your thoughts can come up with some pretty crazy ideas? I mean, it's true. Left to yourself, your thoughts can fabricate some scenarios for you. Things that are completely untrue, like no one really likes you. No one really needs you. You don't really have any friends. These are thoughts that people think during isolation. When you're separated, when your mind is not fixed on the Word of God, when you don't have those voices in your life going, no, 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 that's wrong. Don't say that. That's wrong. You know that's not right. You know that's not right. Like you're out of touch with what's going on. You don't really have value or no one really listens to what you say. We all need people in our lives to tell how we feel so they can tell us whether our feelings are valid or not. We need those people. I just feel like this. Well, you're wrong, here's why. And then they just give you example after example after example after example why that's not right. We all need people who will call us out when we start changing who we are and who they know we are. Look at this scripture in Galatians chapter two. There was this guy, Cephas came to Antioch, and look, how, look, look what Paul said. So Cephas used to be kind of in the group. He was part of the church-like family, but he kind of separated himself a little bit, started hanging around a different crowd, right? Paul says, I opposed him to his face. Wow. All right, Paul, I see you. Because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. And in other words, he loved everyone. He used, to, he used to minister the gospel to everyone. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. This guy Caiaphas here, or Cephas, let peer pressure, judgment, and what others would say. I don't, you know, I don't know what they will say about it. He let what other people thought about him change who God made him. Change his love for all of humanity. And Paul called him on it. He's like, bro, why are, you, why are you this different person now? What are you doing? And I love this. Opposed him to his face. <laughs> we all need people who will oppose us to our face. Not via text message or email or FaceTime. Like, call us set up an appointment. Hey, where are you right now? 
because they saw a post or because they haven't seen one. Because they've seen you and your countenance was different or they haven't seen you. We all need people in our life who will oppose us to our face. And I'll say this, we all need to be people who aren't afraid of confrontation. We think, oh, they're just being them. I'll, I'll pray for them. I'll pray for them because, you know, they need our prayers. No. Every time that God dealt with a person in Scripture, listen to me, who was wrong or an error or something was going wacky on the inside of them, every time God dealt with somebody, he used a person to do it. And see, we assume that that person's obviously going to be somebody else. But can I encourage you? If you keep thinking about somebody, if their posts keep coming up, it's not just the Facebook algorithm, all right? It's like there's, there's a reason. If you are talking to somebody and their name comes up in conversation, there's probably something there. God is wanting you to reach out to them. And you're like, well, I don't, I don't know what to say. You're gonna have to, you're gonna have Moses play that card. I don't know what to say, God. And God told him the same thing that he's telling you. I created your tongue, taught you how to speak. I'll fill your mouth with the words. All I'm asking you to do is to pick up the phone or drive over, have a conversation, find out what's going on. Don't shy away from hard or awkward conversations. If you don't have anyone like that in your life who says, yeah, they'll oppose me to my face, then it's probably because you're not a part of a community of believers yet. You may come, you may worship, you may leave, and we understand that. That's fine. It may be because you're not involved in a life group yet or you're not a serve team. That's where you get closer to people. And I would tell you, if that's you, and listen, Compass, first two weeks in June, first two weeks in June. That's the on-ramp. What we have determined is just like anything else in life, you'll get out of it what you're willing to put into it. I'm gonna say that again. You'll get out of church what you're willing to put into it. You'll get out of your relationships what you're willing to put into it. You'll get out of your life group what you're willing to put into it. And we have found out as church leaders that there are two people who walk through those doors every single week. There are the people who are ready, like, where do I sign up? Like, what can I do? I need friends, I need good friends, I need healthy friends, not the jokers I used to hang out with, right? That's what they say to us, right? I need, I need some positive, they're just ready to be whisked away in the machine that is your place church. But we also know that walking through those doors that every weekend are people who are just checking us out. Just here to kind of kick the tires, you know what I mean? They come in, they, they just, they don't want to be necessarily talked to, they just want to come in, they want to spy out the land, and they, they just want to go. But here's what we don't know. We don't know which one of those two you are. We don't know which one. Like, people who say, you know what, I went there and no one, no one went out of their way to welcome me. Well, which one are you? Do you just want to kind of come in and sit in the back and or sit in the, you know, whatever and come in five minutes after service starts and leave before it's over? Like, if that's you, cool. We just need to know that. Does that make sense, friends? 
compass to what we've done, we've created on-ramps for you when you decide to be that person, you can just jump on the on-ramp and then you can get caught up in our system. And that's how, that's what compass is for us. It's just a way for you to go, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready, I'll be a part. So first week in June, just plan on being a part of that if you want to, amen. There's only a certain amount of things that can happen without a community of believers. Acts chapter two, verse 42, I'm gonna read this and then we're gonna close. The Bible says they devoted themselves. Are you with me, friends? They devoted themselves. No one devoted for them. It was a decision that they made. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. They devoted themselves. They said, you know what? It's for me and my family. We're going to church. They devoted themselves to hanging out with one another. They devoted themselves to inviting each other out for meals or whatever. They devoted themselves. Look what happened. Everyone who devoted themselves, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Look at this. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone in need. Why? Because they knew the needs. Because they were together. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Look at this. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The Lord was like, that group, they get it. I'm going to send these people to them, these people to them, and these people to them because they get it. Amen, everyone? That's your place, church, right there. What did we learn? We don't know how long we're going to have to remain physically distancing, but we are not socially distancing as a church. Amen, friends? We learned that we need each other more now than we ever needed anybody in the past. Amen. Father, we love you. Lord, thank you for teaching us. Thank you, God, for creating us to be in a church that's like a family. Father, that we're here for each other. Father, we're thankful for the men and women in our life, Father God, who is, who is willing to oppose us to our face if necessary, God. And Lord, I thank you that just like we are, we are a product of someone praying for us, and we're a product of someone of, you know, having conversations with us, Father, we sense the need and the, the responsibility to pray for others and to have conversations with others. Father, as we survey the landscape of the people who we are in contact with, Lord, I pray that you would prompt us right now. Are there people that we need to reach out to? Are there people who are hurting or broken or, or maybe, maybe the, uh, the idleness of their mind has started creating false untruths about who they are? Lies, Father. And you want us to engage them. Well, Father, we step into that right now. Lord, give us the words to say. Help us to restore them. Help us to encourage them. In Jesus' name.
You have been listening to a YPC podcast. Visit our website at ypcprior.com to hear more.